You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you're a 415er, 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back into the 415ers podcast, coming at you three times a week on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you as always. How you doing, Mark? How we feeling here on a, a little hunt day for the 49ers? I'm I'm doing well, Evan. How are you? Should be a, a fun week of a football talk once again. Maybe the the most important game of the year coming up for the 49ers. You can make that maybe the most challenging game of the year coming up for the 49ers against these Dolphins. Should be a lot of fun. I think both apply. No, I think you're onto something there. I mean, this is a game that I mean we kind of talked about it after the Saints win, and you're looking at the rest of the schedule and you're saying there's not a ton of teams left that are going to be you know, maybe um, statement victories, but yeah. with an eight and three Miami Dolphins team coming into town, this is certainly one that you're kind of penciling and saying, look, this this is a barometer game. Like we, we got to see who we can maybe stack up against. The Miami Dolphins right now are the second seed in the AFC as things currently stand via the tiebreaker. And you also got Mike McDaniel coming back. You also yeah. got... Uh, Raheem Mostert coming back, who we're going to get into. You got Jeff Wilson Jr. coming back. There's a lot of connections. So um, from multiple angles, no, I'm with you, Mark. Th- this is an important game, maybe the most important game of the season for the 49ers. Yeah, and we'll talk way more about individual matchups and how these teams you know, will try to battle against each other. But the story around the NFL and specifically in the NFC is the 49ers defense right now. And now you throw maybe the best offense in the NFL at them, especially the best passing offense in the NFL at them. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. You have just strength on strength and not just strength on strength, but literally the best defense against the best offense in the NFL. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it is. And I think that's why a lot of people on the 49ers side with their top tier defense are, I don't want to say expecting a supremely deep playoff run, but it was interesting the kind of calls that that we got on 95-7 the game on Monday after the 13-0 victory. It seemed to surround this feeling that, you know, the 49ers want they want to use this defense obviously to, to get to a Super Bowl. It's always uh, you know, the 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 quest for five, the, the fifth Super Bowl. But like, but you I think there's this feeling now, Mark, that a lot of fans with the amount of weapons they have on offense. And of course, with the number one unequivocal defense that they have, th- there seems to be this feeling like you don't want to squander that. Like you, you don't want to, you know, let this opportunity go to waste with how wide open the NFC is and with how great of a defense is being able to potentially neutralize some of the 
top tier offensive forces in the AFC, like a Miami. Um, the the Chiefs to me are a little bit different because this hasn't been the fully formed team now that it was a few weeks back against Kansas City. Um, but but do you feel like it, it it's sort of shifted the conversation has with the 49ers from all right, just get in, just get into the playoffs to now this might be a Super Bowl or bust type season. I I'm not sure that I would necessarily say that this is a Super Bowl or bust season, but what I will say is I think this is the 49ers best chance to win a Super Bowl um that they'll have in the next handful of years because there's just so much uncertainty around the quarterback position moving forward. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast. I think we we had a, a relatively long spirited discussion about it just a week ago, I think, mm-hmm. talking about the future of the 49ers quarterback position. What does Jimmy Garoppolo's performance mean moving forward? What does it mean for Trey Lance? Uh, Could there be a different veteran in here for the 49ers next year? I think that part of this conversation is what makes this year maybe not necessarily Super Bowl or bust. I mean, you could say that this team getting to the NFC Championship game, getting to the Super Bowl, but maybe not quite completing the deal. I'm not sure you could call that like a failure, And maybe by that definition, the season isn't a bust, but I think you'd be missing out on probably your best chance to come home with the Lombardi that you're going to have in the next handful of years just because of that uncertainty. Obviously, things can change. Maybe in a year from now, the 49ers are in a great position with their quarterback. Maybe there's something that we don't quite know about yet that that might make itself known. Maybe Trey Lance bounces back from his injury and is phenomenal. Maybe they get Jimmy Garoppolo back and they're able to keep around their stars. And this is a similar season next year. But you have all of that right now. So this season, to me, is the best chance that the 49ers have at winning that Super Bowl just because you don't have nearly as many variables to you know contend with right now than you might have in the future so i don't think i'd go as far as saying it's a super bowl or bust season but certainly in my mind it's pretty clearly the team's best opportunity to win one uh that they've had in a while and probably the best opportunity they will have to win one in 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 a few years in the future as well yeah no i'm with you and i think reading into to those comments along with some that you've made earlier in our you know, four one fivers uh, infancy. It's like if if you're looking at the window, right? This this uh, this feels like kind of the apex of that window, um, with you know Trey Lance still being on a rookie contract, but being able to still go out and make moves, splash moves like a Christian McCaffrey type yeah. deal. To me, that makes this season, and I don't know if people ever toss this phrase around, but it is conference title or bust like <laughs> yeah, i do I'm, think... I'm not sure we we hear that phrase quite as often no and, and honestly i don't know why mark because <laughs> i i know it's not as as sexy it's not as grabby as super bowl or bust it, it sounds a lot like second place or bust for a lot of people because you're not taking the next step but i do think it is an nfc that is winnable for the 49ers and with the way that they've looked over the last month the way they've looked over the last four games in which they've all won, they, to me, have looked like the best team in the NFC. I know that you can make the, you know, you can make the argument that their resume is not as impressive as Philadelphia, maybe even Minnesota, uh, Dallas. I mean, all of those teams have better wins on their resume this season, and some have, have better records. 
or all, all three of those have better records. But the 49ers, to me, ha- have established themselves. They're playing their best football right now. They, they are peaking in what appears to be the right time heading into December in which you need to be playing, in my opinion, a style of football that is physical, that is defense first, and that can more importantly travel, even though we won't get a chance to see it as much down the stretch of the season. They are playing the type of football that carries into the playoffs and, I mean, carries a team deep into the playoffs. So that's why I would say it is conference title or bust. I cannot put them above Kansas City. I cannot put them above maybe even Buffalo. But I, I, I can make an argument that the way that, that they play, they could go into any building or, depending on how the rest of the, the season pans out, invite any team into the NFC from the NFC into Levi's Stadium and walk out of there with a victory. That's why I, I fall a step short of Super Bowl or bust, but whatever you want to call it, I am a conference title or bust believer for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, it's uh it's make noise in the postseason or else. That that's that's kind of the, the story for the 49ers. I think something that you mentioned is is another reason why 49er fans kind of have this mentality and it's you know the team's big moves. It's it's the move to get Christian McCaffrey. It was the move a couple of years ago after Joe Staley's retirement to go and track down the best left tackle in football as Joe Staley's replacement. You went and got Trent Williams. It's it's all the talent that this 49ers team has, and not all of it was gained through the draft. These are stars, superstars on this roster. And every time the 49ers franchise makes a move like that, the Trent Williams acquisition, the Christian McCaffrey acquisition, you could even make the case that the the uh, draft pick of Trey Lance falls in that category, although it wasn't for a proven star. It was for a guy you were hoping was going to be a star. But those moves all move the needle forward in terms of expectations for a fan base. And up to this point, you haven't quite you know, gotten that Super Bowl yet. You came very close in 2019, that 2020 Super Bowl, when you fell to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Last year, you fell a step short in the NFC Championship game and uh, ultimately weren't able to get the job done. And now as we talk about with the window, with all of the giant contracts that they have, with the uncertainty around their quarterback positions upcoming in the future and in the very near future, that makes this season a very, very good chance. And if you don't get it done this year, it's really an unfair standard, but if you don't get it done this year, you will hear factions of the fan base start, you know, not even start, they already are, be upset and very frustrated with Kyle Shanahan and this 49ers team. If they go to the Super Bowl and they lose on a last-second field goal, they're literally as close as you can get to a Super Bowl championship, but they don't get it done, this 49er fan base will not be happy. And that's just the the sad truth and the fact of the matter. If you're not winning Super Bowls, it doesn't really matter how close you get for a team like this that has all this talent. So I think that's the situation the 49ers are in. It's because they have gone out of their way and for good reason to make this team as good as they possibly can. You now better go and back it up with a Super Bowl. And it does come off as sounding like, I think, a bit of child or spoiled child syndrome. But when you've gotten to the mountaintop before and you felt the the disappointment, uh, the pain, whatever fans feel, you know, when, when their team goes through a gut wrenching loss by three points, by 30 points, whatever. Like you don't want to feel that again, yeah. even if it means 
finishing the season on a seven game win streak or you know, eight game win streak and riding high into the playoffs as a two seed, uh, as Mark believes that, that they will still be able to do. Yep. Um, th- there's a lot to love heading into the playoffs, but if it all ends in, you know, like, well, the scenario you just laid out, uh, if it lays out, if it's ends in calamity, then, then yeah, you're not feeling so great. But I, I do wonder, like, it's it's sort of hard to at one point one point feel optimistic, which, which I do. I mean, I I don't know about you, Mark, but I I feel like the Niners are setting themselves up, injuries aside, to be a player for the Super Bowl, which is really all you can ask for. Uh, but that's that's also part of the the problem is that they've been here before and they've been in this situation in more of a driver's seat spot, obviously, in 2019, and they came up short. And so I do think fans are undergoing that kind of like mid-season, mid-season to late-season transformation of, you know, is, is it going to be here we go again or is it going to be different this time and are we finally going to crack the code? Like that that's, I think, kind of what a lot of fans are wrestling with. I think the other factor here is you have seen, if you're a 49er fan, one, you've seen your team get close. It's not like this has been a fan base that has just been deprived of success. I mean, this is a team that went to the Super Bowl under Jim Harbaugh, you know, a decade ago. that had some down years, of course, some some really bad lean years. But they've been to the NFC Championship game what, three years under Jim Harbaugh, two years under Kyle Shanahan, five times in a decade plus. Like, this has been a team that has been really, really close to winning it all multiple times recently. But when you don't get it, you kind of get that that bigger hunger for it. And then not only did they, the 49ers, not get it, but two teams in their division have and two teams that they've been their biggest contenders with. The Seattle Seahawks got a Super Bowl and almost got another when you were the team that should have been winning Super Bowls in that era. Last year, the Los Angeles Rams, they got a Super Bowl championship when the Niners felt like it should have been them. And to make matters worse, they beat you. The Seahawks and the Rams beat you both times on their way to those, those Super Bowl wins. So it's not only the fact that you fell short, but it's that your biggest rivals in your division that you meet every year and who fans despise they got it done so you see opponents do it you see rivals do it and your team falls just a little bit short all of that I think kind of adds in and is a reason why 49er fans feel so adamant that their team needs to win it all this year yeah and I guess the only issue with this year would be uh, along the road they won't have a chance to exercise some of those playoff demons just because of how absolutely awful the Los Angeles Rams have been. Uh, They are an abomination, and I would go so far as to say I was looking today, the worst Super Bowl winner to follow up the year after. And I know there have been some teams, especially even throughout sports, that have fallen off harder than, than the Rams have, but not with the approach that the Rams have taken, which is we largely have the same team and even with the addition of Bobby Wagner, you could argue they might have gotten a little bit better uh, talent-wise, obviously not as far as the record is concerned. Sorry, I had to take the, sh- the shot at the Rams there. Uh, <laughs> but and, and, and the Seahawks are starting to falter, too. Right now, they're outside of the playoff picture as things stand. Uh, but obviously, it's going to come down to a, to a potentially a late-season matchup with the 49ers. Don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? 
Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to remind everyone to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast. As always, coming at you three times a week on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Evan, Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you. Uh, feel free to follow us on social media, 415ers, uh, wherever, Instagram, Twitter. Appreciate you. Mark, I, I know you know we're talking about some sort of rivals that the Niners have had to go through, have had to navigate. Well, there, there might be one brewing this weekend. Like there might be one brewing in Miami because of the personal connections that the Niners have. We talked about it off the top. Mike McDaniels, former offensive coordinator last year. He's coming home. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. is coming home. But most notably this week, Raheem Mostert is coming home. Did you hear what he had to say, Mark? I don't know uh, who didn't. I mean, it's been making the rounds on, on Twitter, on social media. Uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, which is he claimed, which he probably being truthful, just saying positive words to his team and his quarterback, but they sound an awful lot like awful uh, lot. shots at his former team. So, and then there's been a lot of reaction, and including or other 49ers, which we'll dive into. And it, it kind of seems like both teams, I mean, the, the Raheem Mostert in for or, you know quotes in that story came out before the 49ers even played the saints and niner fans were aware of it before that saints game even happened it seems like both of these teams have been maybe looking ahead a little bit to this clash they got coming up this sunday 49ers and dolphins everyone knows it's an important game for both teams and as we talked about you have a really high-powered offense against a high-powered defense uh, but it, it's not only just fans looking forward to it you can tell that there's some extra oomph behind it for the players as well yeah, I mean Miami right now is is eight and three. They have looked very strong. We talked about the winning streaks coming into this game. Four games for the 49ers, five games for the Dolphins. But Raheem Mostert, you know, kind of like he tried to phrase it as not really taking shots. I believe he was taking a shot when he said that again, not even before this game was on the radar, that it, it's quote nice to be playing with a quarterback that can sling it. And of course, he's talking about the Dolphins starting quarterback to a tongue of Iloa, who statistically has been unbelievable this year. He's been fantastic and has a great receiving core to throw to and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and has a great running game now helmed by Mike McDaniel. Raheem Mostert obviously has been a big part of that, even though he didn't play last week. Jeff Wilson Jr., a great addition. But of course, a lot of 49ers fans see that as Raheem Mostert. All right. You know, Jimmy G can't really sling it a whole lot compared to, to Tua, especially the way this year's has played out a little bit. <laughs> and 
Raheem Mostert then this week came on uh, different you know media outlets along with I think he also voiced his his correction on Twitter saying basically yeah. I didn't mean that you know I, I wasn't trying to take a shot at Jimmy you didn't you didn't publicize some of the quotes that I had that were complimentary of the 49ers and all the all my favorite teammates and all the guys I played with but Debo Samuel caught wind of this word and decided to tweet out come on Raheem be real with yourself basically and I while I see Debo certainly stepping up defending his teammate and, and Jimmy Garoppolo along with maybe some of the other shots that he perceived Raheem to take at San Francisco this year uh Mark I also understand maybe why Raheem Mostert felt <laughs> a little bit of the way he did which is I mean, this this is Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like this this is a guy who's he's a serviceable quarterback. We we gave him his flowers after the Saints game, despite not having a fantastic performance. It was a serviceable, manageable game, but he is forty and nineteen as a starter. I think that it's worth something, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't then add in and who can't. Yeah, I think uh, multiple things can be true here. One, what Raheem Mostert is saying can be absolutely true. And, you know, what he's implying is that his quarterback currently, Tua Tagovailoa, a, a bit better thrower of the ball than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we can all agree that that is factual. That is right. It's not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is a terrible quarterback. It's not saying that he's bad. It's just simply saying Tua Tagovailoa, a more talented arm. I think that's fair, and I think most football fans would probably agree. But also, it is also true, Raheem Mostert, you should not be saying something like that the week before you play your former team on the road. You do not want to give an opposing team that's already riding high, that is already on fire, the locker room is already feeling great, a locker room that already loves Jimmy Garoppolo. You do not want to give them bulletin board material. I mean, Debo Samuel tweeted about it. Charles Amenehu tweeted about it. I am sure it is literally posted in the Niners locker room. I know they say bulletin board material. This is posted everywhere in Santa Clara right now. I am sure of it. Everyone has it as their screensavers, their lock screens on their iPhones. This 49er team just got the extra boost that they need. Raheem Mostert. You might not be wrong. Two attack of Iloa, probably a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. But what are you doing giving the 49ers extra ammunition? Wait until after you beat them, then say something like this. You do not need to do it beforehand. Probably not. You know, <laughs> may, may not be the wisest decisions by Raheem Most. Obviously, we'll find out on Sunday. But, you know, Mark, I can't fault the guy that was responsible for carrying the ball 29 times for 225 and four touchdowns in a conference title game that got Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl. I can't fault the guy that gave life and limp literally because it, unfortunately he was banged up a lot of his time in San Francisco, maybe thinking, "Hey, if if I have a if I had a quarterback who could sling it a little bit more than Jimmy, maybe I wouldn't have been as hurt as I was in San Francisco." Maybe I wouldn't have had to run as hard as I did for the 49ers. Now, maybe that doesn't cross his mind, but I, I, I can't fault him for some of those feelings maybe leaking out to the media when they ask him, hey, what do you think about the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo? You know? Yeah. 
No, I mean, I feel you. I mean, again, I, I don't think he was wrong by any stretch of the imagination. Now, he did then go on Twitter and say, what cl- quote, what clickbait? Not once that I dogged Jimmy G in my interview. Did I praise our QB one? Hell yeah, I did. But I also threw out compliments to my former QB. But hey, let's leave that part out, dot, dot, dot. Like, okay, Raheem, fair enough. You know, okay. con- context matters. Read the whole story, blah, 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 whatever. But you know how this works, Raheem. You give a quote like that where you say, quote, it's nice that we have a quarterback, quote, that can actually sling it. That can actually sling it. What does that mean, Raheem? What are you implying? You know when you say that, that it's going to light 49 or Twitter on fire. You absolutely know it. You knew that this firestorm was coming the second that came out of your mouth. Now, you can be upset that, you know, people aren't focusing on the fact that you praise Jimmy Garoppolo later in your interview, later in the story. Okay, whatever, that's fine. But you did say that, and that's what's going to go around and, and be popular and, and, and catch the football world by storm because that's just how this thing works. And you've been around long enough to know that something like that is going to get out and it's going to be the thing people focus on uh, because that, that's just the way it works. Yeah, it, it is. And look, also, a, a big part of this is a big part of being able to sling it is also having weapons to do it. Uh, I also think there's a reason why, I mean, well, Raheem Mostert wasn't there in years past, but uh, there have been some question marks about Tua in his first couple of seasons in Miami. I don't think it's a coincidence that the first year that they get Tyreek Hill, that Tua Tungavailoa has suddenly skyrocketed up the QB charts. Oh my God, they wanted him out of there like a year and a half ago. Not even a year ago, they wanted him out of there. Yeah, and, and Jalen Waddle was, you know, obviously a great pick last season, but was coming off of an injured year at Alabama. This is the first real full healthy season. So you got two of, I would say, the best weapons, uh, you know, best combined wide receiving duo in football. Uh, the other part of this rivalry, Mark, though, is, of course, the head coach and Mike McDaniel. And it's interesting because you brought up how a lot of 49ers fans maybe feeling kind of boomer busty about this season due to maybe some of the the playoff shortcomings against specifically rivals right the rams along with the the seahawks well i think there was some disgruntled fans and maybe even members of the organization this year seeing what what mike mcdaniel was doing over there in miami like he's putting together in his first season as head coach pretty damn good year i mean the entire way So I do think there is also a little bit of, all right, was Mike McDaniel, you know, maybe the reason that Kyle Shanahan and this running game was able to dominate at the level that it did in years past. It hasn't been as prolific this season. A lot of that is because of injury uh, and it has changed since the addition of Christian McCaffrey. But there are some questions that I'm, I'm sure even Kyle might like to answer on the field, of course, against one of his former protégés who has now led his own team, Mike McDaniel, the Miami Dolphins, to an 8-3 and three record. Yeah, that's certainly a part of it. For the matter fans wondering maybe what would this offense look like with Mike McDaniel, all the success he's had in Miami, how would he you know, employ all of the weapons that the 49ers have? Because aside from... The game in Mexico City against the Cardinals, you haven't really seen this offense explode with all their weapons. And there's certainly, you know, some noise in the fan base about, you know, this offense should be better 
uh, than they currently are. Another part uh, which which makes this matchup between Miami and San Francisco so interesting is the fact that the Niners are beaten up at the running back position, and the most recent you know member of the 49ers that is now a Dolphin is Jeff Wilson Jr., who was the 49ers starting running back for most of the season due to injuries, and he was traded to Miami once the Christian McCaffrey deal went down because Elijah Mitchell was back and getting healthy. And uh, he said he wanted to go somewhere that would, you know, need him more. And the Niners, you know, helped him out and got him to Miami to a place that at, at least to, uh, you know, a team that he's familiar with in terms of people leading that organization and Mike McDaniel. So the Niners did Jeff Wilson Jr. a favor. Now Raheem Mostert is injured. He missed last week. Not sure if he's going to play this week in San Francisco. So Jeff Wilson Jr., who was the Niners starting running back for much of the season, could come into San Francisco or Santa Clara and be the Dolphins starting running back this year. So that's another reason why this matchup is so interesting, because you have one team in the 49ers who suddenly could be using some depth at running back. Kyle Shanahan came out and said on Monday that it's actually another severe uh, knee injury for Elijah Mitchell and his season could very well be over. We, we likely will not see him in the regular season again. Maybe he makes a return if the Niners go deep into the postseason. We don't know for sure, but he's back on IR. It, it's more serious than Kyle Shanahan thought it was when he talked to the media after the game on Sunday. So you have one team suddenly with not much depth behind Christian McCaffrey that could really use Jeff Wilson Jr. And the other team, who because of an injury of their own right now has Jeff Wilson Jr. as their starting running back potentially. So just an added layer that makes this matchup so interesting. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And look, Mark, if you still look at the the Niners statistics, the leading rusher on the team <laughs> is still Jeff Wilson Jr. And also, if you look at the Miami Dolphins and you look at yards per game, their leading rusher right now is Jeff Wilson Jr. He He's has been... been the most efficient back for two teams in the NFL this season. Uh, two teams linked it in more ways than one. No, and, and for anyone who who didn't catch the news, by the way, Elijah Mitchell spraining his MCL, the other knee, not the one that he sprained earlier this season, but he's going to be sidelined for six to eight weeks. Obviously, that's probably going to carry him through the end of the regular season. Hopefully, there's some sort of return on the horizon for him because he is... Uh, he's, he's a great running back for the 49ers. He's been able to help them this year. Uh, and obviously we don't want anyone's season to end via injury, but Jordan Mason Mason is next up along with Ty Davis price, uh, most likely as the two and the three that I actually, I'm curious to get your take Mark on now that we know officially that Elijah Mitchell is going to be out. Like how, how big do you think his, his injury is? We, we, we talked about it a bit on, the reaction episode on Monday, but obviously we didn't know that he was probably going to have his regular season cut short. I think first of all, if we rewind to when the Niners traded Jeff Wilson jr. At that point, he was the 49ers third string running back. You know, it was Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, then Jeff Wilson jr. You got what a fifth round pick back for him. If you can get a fifth round pick back for your third string running back who in a perfect world would not touch the field on an offensive play for you again, you do that. Like that's a fantastic yeah. move. Like there's no doubt about it. That's the right move for the 49ers to make. Now, Elijah Mitchell does have injury history. And that's certainly something that the Niners needed to factor in when making that trade 
uh, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. to Miami. That was certainly part of the conversation for San Francisco. But what this tells me is the 49ers have confidence in their rookie running backs, whether that's Jordan Mason or Ty Davis Price or both or one or the other. I, I think that the move tells you that the Niners, if push comes to shove, are comfortable with giving some touches and some carries to those rookies. Also, you know, we saw Tevin Coleman in that Carolina game when he had two touchdowns, I think, in that game and had a pretty big game. Mm-hmm. There's a chance maybe he gets elevated and he's active as, as well. So I think that the 49ers will be okay running back-wise. And something that I mentioned on, on our Monday episode, the bigger issue is if this Christian McCaffrey knee, knee irritation happens to be you know, a bigger deal than, than we previously thought or that we currently think, then you have an issue. We'll probably see Kyle Shanahan be a little bit more conservative with how he uses McCaffrey now because there isn't as much depth, specifically veteran depth, to lean on. But even, you know, in the moment when Elijah Mitchell was traded, I or pardon me, when Elijah Mitchell was healthy and Jeff Wilson was traded, I think that moves speaks to Kyle Shanahan's confidence in his rookies and I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be you know a perfect replacement that Jordan Mason you know fills Elijah Mitchell's role perfectly and and it's hard to tell them apart I'm not saying that I just think that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers see those two guys or maybe just one of them as serviceable and good enough to fill a hole and we'll probably see that come Sunday against Miami so for me it's an unfortunate injury that saps the nine, that saps the Niners of some depth, but I don't see it as an injury that will cost this 49er team, you know, multiple wins and it, it keeps them from winning the NFC West or or it causes them to lose a postseason game. I don't think it's going to have that big of a consequence. I do think there is a domino effect, which we talked about on Monday of because you don't have Mitchell or a guy you can, I guess, trust as much, McCaffrey or maybe Debo Samuel will have to get some touches in situations that like Kyle Shanahan would like to maybe load manage a bit in the regular season. And, and that's really where my biggest concern is. It's not it's not about Mason. I think he look, he had what seven for for thirty five or you know he had, or five for twenty five he was about five yards a pop on on Sunday. You look good. Uh, no, and Ty Davis Price in preseason looked very good. Look, they're both strong physical running backs that hopefully can absorb a lot of the the brunt damage down the rest of the season in which you know the the Niners are, are trying to um, get themselves to the postseason healthy. But I do think Mitchell's presence. I, I do think it is going to be felt at some point, not like as far as how efficient they run the football, but maybe to the point where someone else has to take some of those those carries away from him. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I want to remind everyone to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast. Appreciate you tuning in three times a week on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy, as always. Um, Mark, I, I do think for, for this game, for me, and we'll, we'll obviously break a lot more of the X's and O's down on Friday in our in our preview episode of coming against the, the Miami Dolphins. But with... I, I guess I'm I'm curious of where you're at with how the how much the 49ers have been tested this year. Um you know, just, just sticking with the Dolphins, like they are a team that to me, I, I kind of see them a lot in a lot of ways in the way that I think you see the Vikings. Um hmm. I think their offense is prolific, it is pass heavy, but generally around this time of year, we start to see those those flashy down the field passing attacks begin to sort of lower a bit, whether it because of the physicality, because of the amount of, you know, sort of damage that a team sustains throughout the course of a season. I'm just curious what, what your thoughts are on the dolphins. And if you think that they are quote unquote, like, I guess as, as fraudulent as you see the Vikings. I, I believe more in the Dolphins than I do in the Vikings, which, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, but I think that's an interesting conversation. You mentioned, you know, the teams that generally have more success, you know, in the winter months, late in the season, and then into the postseason are teams that can run the ball and teams that play defense. The Vikings certainly fit that bill because of Dalvin Cook. And, you know, they don't have the, the best defense, but they have a good front. Uh, they force turnovers with Harrison Smith on the back line. Uh, the the Dolphins team, they're certainly not a team that relies on the run nearly as much as some other teams. We talked about how good they are through the air. Um, but they have they have a decent defense as well. I know some of their wins, uh, you know, you can kind of poke holes in them. Like that that win in Baltimore week two was crazy because they were down big and then they just exploded in the second half their win against buffalo that 21 to 19 win week three uh late september was maybe the weirdest game of the year it was a game where the bills absolutely dominated really in terms of every counting stat yards time of possession first downs passing and rushing forcing turnovers all of that but somehow inexplicably uh the dolphins came out on top i think you know Ultimately, you you can maybe look at these two teams, the Niners and the Dolphins, similarly in that in their wins, you can kind of poke holes in them. Like the Niners, a nice win against the Chargers. Okay, well, the Chargers were without so many starters, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on, on the offensive line, a number of injuries, Rashawn Slater. They were without, of course, Joey Bosa. You can kind of do similar things, I think, with the Dolphins. Of course, people are going to look at the wins against Baltimore and Buffalo and say, well, those are impressive, and they certainly are. But I think you can kind of poke holes in their wins as well. But I I, I am just a, a gigantic believer in, in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and what they do to defenses and how they stretch a defense out, which not only, of course, works in the passing game, but then it, it makes a running game better. Jeff Wilson Jr. is certainly good enough to – to carry a, a ground attack if he stays healthy. And Raheem Mostert certainly isn't bad, and he's had success in the postseason. Um, so I think I believe in Miami more than I believe in Minnesota. Um, but I think you can also make the case that we haven't quite seen them, you know, being – we haven't quite seen them with their backs against the wall yet. And I'll be interested to see how they look when they get in a position like that. 
Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, certainly something to bookmark for this weekend. All right, Mark, we started with kind of a hypothetical at the beginning of this episode. So I want to finish with one. And along the lines of fans, I don't want to say expecting a Super Bowl, but I think fans were you know, kind of feeling for the 49ers like, all right, we, we've been here before. We know what the success of, of this team or the trajectory of this team kind of feels like. But now the question is, can you get over a hump? And especially after seeing what the Rams did last year, which is honestly a, along a similar trajectory to the Niners this season, which is they went to a Super Bowl before. They came up short. And then they cashed in all their chips last year to try and get a Super Bowl team. And and, and they did it. And that, I think, is maybe how fans feel the Niners are, are trying to approach this year, approach you know what could be a Super Bowl run. And so it's like, well, would you want that? Or would you want, I guess, a, a longer sustained success? Which is, I think, the trajectory that the Niners are more so on than the Los Angeles attempt to F all them picks and, and go all in to try to win a Super Bowl. I, I do struggle with this, but I also understand where fans are like, you know what? Like we've, we've, we've made the playoffs four out of six years. You know, we, we've made the playoffs a lot of times. We, we've, we've seen the other side. Like we've, we've looked into the promised land. We, we've, we've peeked around. We just haven't been able to get over the, get over the hump yet. Like I don't care. Like, Whatever is on my back that I'm carrying to to championship country, forget it. Like I'll throw it off my back to just make sure that I can win a chip. Is, is do you feel like that's how fans feel? One and then two, is that how you would approach it? I absolutely love this conversation, and it reminds me of a, con- a conversation that you know everyone has had about the Warriors. You know, with this kind of two timeline plan, this this forty net or this this Warriors franchise is trying to capitalize on, you know, the tail end of the the primes of their current stars while also setting things up for the future. And, you know, the start of this NBA season has maybe brought that plan into question. There's a lot of Warrior fans who say, screw the future right now. Get as many titles as you, as you can in this moment. We'll deal with being bad for a while once Steph Curry decides to hang it up. Like, that, that's what a lot of fans feel like, and I can't really blame them. I think the 49ers are in a similar situation. And I, I, I don't think this is just some crazy hypothetical that you throw out for you know people like us or Niner fans to talk about. This is something that is in the mind of the, the front office of the 49ers. Is it better to win a Super Bowl now? Do everything you can to win a Super Bowl. Give it your absolute best chance. Trade away your future assets. Do everything you can to win a Super Bowl in the next three years. Is it better to do that and be left with a relatively, you know, empty war chest, you know, in in three years, four years, five years from now? Or is it better to field a quality team now without as good of a chance to win, but also set yourself up better in the future and maybe have a chance to win in the future? For me, you do anything you can to win. You figure out the rest after you win. You deal with you. You everything in go all in i'm pushing all my chips to the middle of the table i'm trying to get that one lombardi that's taken forever to get and then at that point you reevaluate you figure out where to move forward from that point you deal with it when that time comes you cross that bridge when you get to it but you're not at the bridge yet go all in try to win a super bowl you deal with the rest later 
That's my mindset. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look, I get it. Uh, and also, I want to apologize. I think I said Quest for five earlier. It's six. Like, the, the Fortnite is trying to get six Super Bowls. So I apologize for that. But that is also part of, I think, the overall fan want to cash in for one more. It's not just like the Rams, um, the Eagles. I'm trying to think of, of franchises that that want their first, right? Like the four, like a lot of 49ers fans, even if they are younger, have that kind of institutionalized knowledge of, hey, we were winners before. And obviously the older fans who have already seen the previous titles are like, well, we want another one. The Niners, to me, that's why I think trading in everything to try and get this Super Bowl is the move for them. But the question is, would you trade a decade of success for a fluke Super Bowl? Kind of like a lot of people are looking at the Rams right now because they are, as we've described them in this episode, throughout previous episodes, an abomination of a football team right now. <laughs> I I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm taking the decade of success and the chance to win a Super Bowl consecutive years in a row, then automatically saying, you know what? This one year, we're going to win a Super Bowl. People may look at it down the road and be like, eh, like how the hell did that win team? How the hell did that team win a Super Bowl? Because there is some legitimacy to it. I, I and maybe isn't it's not a conversation that applies necessarily to 49ers, to the 49ers, because you're always gonna have that that history on your side of this is a winning organization. So any Super Bowl is not going to seem flukish. But when I if if the Seattle Seahawks, for example, do not win a Super Bowl for the next 20 year the next 10 years i guess in in this hypothetical i think there are, are going to be a lot of people that look at that team and say look they were great because of their defense but may, maybe we're looking at russell wilson a little bit different like maybe we're looking at Pete carroll a little bit different like their defense carried them marshawn lynch carried them i do think there's a lot of there's a lot more room for revisionist history around a solo super bowl for kind of a you know a mediocre era of a team rather than a decade of success looking at that and saying man that was a that was a well-run train i think an example could be you know maybe the Denver Broncos when they won with Peyton Manning, what that was a, a four year run with Peyton Manning, something like that, where they yeah. made the playoffs, they were competitive, they made AFC championship games, and they finally got it done at the end before Peyton Manning hung it up. But what have they been since then? Not very good with a you know a, a string of quarterbacks that that makes the you know the, the Cleveland Oof. Browns string of quarterbacks look decent, like just bad quarterback after bad quarterback after bad quarterback, and the aforementioned Russell Wilson, the most recent, who's who's just been terrible. Um, obviously, I mean, you look at, you know, I, I said I would trade, you know, give me a Super Bowl now, and you deal with maybe being bad for a decade later. It's easy to say that when you haven't won that Super Bowl yet. But to your point, put yourself in the shoes of the Los Angeles Rams right now. You won the Super Bowl last year. Yes, you're having an absolutely despicable season this year. And a lot of it is because of injuries. But even when they were relatively healthy, they were bad. And as you said, they're probably going to have the worst 
follow up to a Super Bowl championship season ever in the history of the NFL. It's that bad. And you're like, all right, well, you know, we're going to get a top pick, right? No, the Detroit Lions have that pick. So if you put your yourself in the shoes of the Los Angeles Rams right now, it feels like you're buried under 100 feet of concrete and there's no way out. Like it's It's really daunting to look at it that way. But you do have that Super Bowl that you can think back to and, and make you nice and warm and and and, and warm inside and you, and you feel safe once again. Uh, but it's 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 an interesting debate. I love having this conversation because I you can make a case for both ways. And I really do think these are conversations that people in front offices across professional sports talk about. Do you value going all in trying to win now, or do you want to set yourself yourself up for future success? I think a lot of it has to deal with you know, maybe the positions of general managers and head coaches, how safe do you feel? Do you need to prove it and win now versus are you relatively safe? I think the Niners, Shanahan and, and Lynch are pretty safe. So maybe that holds them back a little bit from trying to prove something now. Um, but I do think this is a conversation maybe that people don't explicitly have with each other, but it's an, an ongoing debate that they, that they fall back to and, and that, that is kind of ever present in their minds when they're considering moves and, and what they should do in any minute. Yeah. And look, it's a good debate to have, whether it's between us as, as podcasters or, you know, media members that cover the team on an everyday basis or front office members for the 49ers or any other organization. It means you're in a good spot, right? Like you hit a ball to the gap, you're on your way to second base and you're <laughs> deciding whether or want you try to stretch a double yeah. into a triple that that's kind of the, the, spot where, where people are in. Um, this is a conversation that we're going to carry, I'm sure, throughout this year and in years to come. It's an existential question that will only be answered if the Niners are able to pull this thing off. But the immediate future is on Sunday. It is with the Miami Dolphins and Mike McDaniel's return along with Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert. This has been the 415ers podcast. We're going to come at you on Friday with a more in-depth preview episode of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, but in the meantime, be sure to download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars are appreciated. Also, feel free to follow us on uh, social media. Mark, thank you as always, my man. A fun episode today. Yes, sir. Talk to you again on Friday, Evan. All right, everyone. This has been the 415ers podcast. We'll talk to you next time.